Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. All right, guys, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Hope you had a good weekend or as good of a weekend as we all can have. Today's episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. And actually... We have a, another little special offer to tell you about in just a couple of minutes that Built Bar is running uh, for this week. So stay tuned for uh, that. We will have details on that in just a couple of moments. But right to our content, uh, we mentioned the Redskins made a bunch of players and coaches available last week. Uh, we have secured all the audio. Who better to hear from? Then Dwayne Haskins, the starting quarterback, we think, of the Washington Redskins. Certainly was an interesting week for him last week. Went to the D.C. Uh, protest, the Black Lives Matter D.C. protest and rally, uh, and spoke to the media about what he did and why he did it the way he did, as you'll hear in part one right here and right now on the Locked on Redskins podcast. What's going on, guys? Looking forward to working with you guys this year. Um, really looking forward to this season. Uh, thank you guys for coming to the Redskins. All right, let's go. Uh, it was Rhiannon here. Ooh, I get first question. Ooh. Hi, Dwayne. I hope you've been doing well. Um, so what I wanted to ask you about was what led to your decision to go down to D.C. to participate in the protest? What were the conversations that you had before that? Um, who talked to you about it or who did you reach out to about maybe going down to D.C.? And what was it like for you? Can you walk us through that experience? Yeah, um, the whole decision to go to D.C. was more so just um, I feel like everybody in this day and age likes to just talk. And um, I just wanted to be about action. I wanted to go down there and, and um, be a part of the, um, the difference. And, and, and uh, it's my first protest ever. So I never thought I'd be able to actually go to a protest, especially um, in this day and age. So it was just crazy to be there. Um, I talked to Doug. I talked to um, Black about trying to get in touch with someone that was down there and um, go walk with the people. And I went down there and it was just a great experience just from the, um, the energy that was in the, in the atmosphere when you walk around people and how much they were, um, you know, supporting the cause and uh, just being a normal person uh, felt great. Hey, Dorian. Thanks uh, for joining us. Good to see you. Earlier, Ron was talking to us and he was kind of saying that he feels like you've done a lot of the things that he talked to you about when he first came here. In what ways did he, what were the things that he talked to you about? What are some of those ways that you think you're, you're kind of addressing it? Yeah, um, I'll keep that conversation close to chest, but just the whole idea of um, being the guy and um, taking, taking this team and being a leader, and that's something that he preached to me from day one and that he got here. And that's, you know, what has to happen in order for uh, to win games. And, you know, I stepped up to the plate and I've done those things that he asked me to do as far as showing leadership and getting ready for the season. You talked about how uh, a lot of people like to talk about making a difference, but you try to actually make a difference by being in that protest. And that's something Ron talked about too, just having Zoom meetings recently and wanting to be actionable instead of just talking. So what has your uh, opinion been of how Ron and the Redskins have handled these past couple of weeks and have they been kind of listening to you guys as you've been reacting to the wake of the George Floyd mur murder? Yeah, definitely. Um, Coach Rivera called a couple of meetings uh, just to 
you know, get our uh, perspective on what's going on and what, how he wanted to address it as a team and as an organization. And I really applaud him for that and his uh, confidence to be able to stand with us. And, um, you know, he definitely wants to make a change as well. We want to continue to work on being, um, you know, a united team and, and working on, you know, trying to be a difference in our community, having been playing for the, you know, Washington Redskins and being in D.C. So um, he definitely took that as something that was very important to address and I've been working on trying to make a difference in the community. Hey, Dwayne, do you feel like a situation like that where you, are you able to show more of who you are as a leader? Uh, repeat the first part. Just throughout a situation like this, you know, there's a lot on a quarterback and, you know, to be a face of a franchise, do you feel like this maybe helps you kind of grow as a leader? Yeah, most definitely. Um, I was trying to figure out a way um, – like people are asking me to say something to address it, make a statement or, you know, things of that nature. And I just was trying to think of a way where it was more close to heart. It was more genuine. And, um, you know, instead of me just making a tweet or doing a video, I went to go to actual protests and be a part of the people and um, talk to the people that were there. Um, be in that atmosphere, understand, hear the hearts that are crying out for help. And uh, it, felt, it felt great to just, like I said, be a normal person. And yeah, I want to be the face of the franchise and work and be that and just being able to do those things and, and Coach Rivera uh, being able to support me, that, that meant a lot. And just as a fall, just not so much a fault, but as a football question, what did you feel you had to change or develop at most this offseason? What has been the big focal point for you? Because in talking to some people close to you, they felt like they saw a change in you and how you needed to approach things? Um, I don't necessarily say it's just about football. It's with everything in life. I just wanted to be a man about my business, and that's just on and off the field. And not that I wasn't prior to, but, you know, now turning 23, still being young, still growing, and I just wanted to, um, whatever there were questions about immaturity or, or lack of uh, whatever it was, I was going to change that, whether, whether it was true or not. But I just for myself, because I needed to do that for me, so... I applied pressure with everything I did this off season, as far as my body, how I study, all that stuff, and that's just making a big difference. With being the leader of the team, I saw you brought the receivers down, worked out with them for a while. Can you tell me about just kind of the responsibility on you to organize that, bring them together, what you hope to accomplish from that time, and what it was like? Yeah, um, not having mini camp and OTAs, it was hard to um, you know get that. Those, those workouts in and the ability to, to connect with my teammates. So um, I got the guys that I'm, um, you know, really close with last year, Terry, Kelvin, and Steve, and we've been working out really hard. I'm just trying to simulate having practice or having spring uh, training. So that would be able to be ready for the training camp. And then now we're getting close to training camp. We're going to get the rest of the receivers, the rest of the tight ends, the rest of the quarterbacks, and we're going to do that trip that we're trying to do before our mini camp uh, happened with the coronavirus. So we'll be ready to go for a training kit. Did you Peterson said last week that you would protest during the national anthem? To me, just was curious to see if uh, you would either join him or what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I haven't made a decision yet on what I wanted to do as far as that. But, you know, I, you know, support all of my teammates on the decisions they make. And, um, you know, I think what he's doing is, is a good cause. So I support him. Uh, M Michael was asking you about the uh, – those workouts you were doing with some of the receivers. Earlier when we talked to Ron, I was asking him, like, how, how do you assess this roster, these players, when you haven't seen them physically? And for you as a quarterback, you obviously are working with the receivers, but there's also the offensive line. 
that's going to be in front of you that you haven't seen. There could be a couple of new starters. Uh, tight ends, there could be some changes there. Added some, some weapons in the backfield as well. How do you, as part of your preparation, what, how, do you, how do you figure out what all these guys can really do for you when you can't actually be on the field with them? Yeah, offensive line is tough, but you know, having great leaders like Sheriff and Chase and Lauren, uh, to be able to, to fix the rest of uh, whatever we have to figure out offensively on the line. And then, of course, having the guys that I played with last year and then hearing about the new playmakers we've added on the roster. And I think having this new workout before training can be good to be able to assess where guys are at before we get going. And, um, I mean, I tell you first, Terry and Kelvin, Steve look great. It's the best I've seen Terry. I've known Terry since I was a freshman in college. So you know, everybody's putting in that work, and it, it's, it's showing. Obviously, we've – talked about kind of the, the different sort of offseason and, and the complex offensive scheme. I'm wondering, where do you feel like your level of understanding is at uh, with the offense and, and kind of your comfort there? Um, still learning, but I feel very comfortable just because um, having learned the NFL offense last year, it's um, easier to translate into a new, uh, different terminology, but the concepts are the same, the reads are the same, told differently. And um, having been in a number system in a, in a system where it's more concepts, it's more one more plays or tempo and things of that nature. It's easier to regurgitate and be able to, to um, uh, play faster because uh, the offense we were in last year was West Coast and there's a lot of tags, longer play calls in the huddle. But um, this year, it's a, a lot easier just um, getting used to what we're doing. And you've kind of tweeted about, you know, slimming down and things like that. Um, what does that allow you to do or what are you hoping to do um, by kind of remaking your body this offseason? I want to be the best player I can be for my team. And that was me working it, and it just fell off. And, you know, it wasn't intended to lose that much weight, I guess, but it just happens. And I think I'll be more of a dynamic football player this year. I'm looking forward to making some plays. All right, so that is part one of Redskins quarterback Dwayne Haskins with reporters, including... The Locked on Redskins podcast. Coming up, part two, you'll hear a question from David Aldridge of The Athletic and more on Dwayne's summer of bliss so far. Weight down, body fat down, if we could only be so lucky, right? And actually, he's worked very hard, so give him credit. Not about luck, it's about working hard. Uh, So good for him. All right, we'll do that next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, guys, it is Chris Russell here for our friends at Built Bar. Again, Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like, well, a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut-based flavors, 8 chocolate nut-free-based flavors. Bars are covered 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, good for you, low in sugar, low in calories, low in net carbs, high in protein, and here's the great news we were telling you about just a couple of moments ago at the start of our show. This week, up to 50% off of everything at BuiltBar.com. And on top of that, all profits that Built Bar receives donated to charity. That's right. You can get all the details at BuiltBar.com, but it simply is an amazing offer. First of all, you get the great Built Bar uh, flavors and bars to help you out during the summer months at 50% off of everything. That's number one, right? Number two, number two, on top of that, again, 
Built Bar is taking 100% of the profits. Who does that? And donating them to organizations that support education, poverty, equality, and ending hate and racism. And we all know, we all know that at this time, and really sh should be of any time, but at this time, it's more important than ever to help out our fellow man. So 100% of the profits for you or that, 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 you know, from Built Bar that you buy and purchase go to wonderful, wonderful organizations and causes. So go to BuiltBar.com, 50% off of everything, and you get to help out those that can really use it. Do yourself a good thing. Do a great thing for your local community and for the country. Up to 50% off of everything that Built Bar has. Of course, you go to BuiltBar.com to check out how to get it done. All right, once again, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. So we finish up with Redskins quarterback Dwayne Haskins meeting with reporters from last week. Thanks to Redskins.com for the audio and as well, my buddy Tom Brock Plyman over at 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. Thanks very much uh, for doing this. Um, as you learn more about uh, whether it's Black Lives Matter or other uh, off-the-field uh, endeavors and, and groups, are there things you are curious about learning? And, and if so, you know, what are you reading or who are you talking to to try to continue to educate yourself on those things? Yeah, um, just having conversations with the leaders on the team, um, talking to Coach Rivera, having close family friends, um, I try to stay off of um, the whole social media of learning because there's a lot of different unfiltered and filtered things that aren't always true. And, um, you know, the biggest thing with me was I wanted to go be there with the protest because, like I said, everybody just talks. So it's as easy as me to, to preach how bad it is and injustice and, you know, everything of that nature. I went to go see the people protest. I listened to the people talk. I listened to people on the blowhard talking about their life experiences. And, you know, it's just, just trying to get to know the, the next man and try to be a better person. That's just something I always want to work on. So um, with, with Black Lives Matter cause and just being caught up on history and learning and stuff, I just wanted to be as, um, up, I just wanted to be as uh, up on the date as all the information I can be. Why now? Hey, Dwayne, with all these the kind of virtual off-season you guys have had to do, what's been the biggest challenge as a young yeah, player? Enough, trying to kind of we're having great leaders like Sheriff. Oh, good. Uh, was that me or didn't it sound like that? No, no, we're good. We're good. Good, Wano. Hey, Dwayne, uh, just with the virtual off-season you guys have had to deal with here, what's the biggest challenge of, of having it all virtually, and how do you kind of process that information to, to turn it onto the field? Um, I'll say the biggest challenge is this being virtual. You don't get to um, be as intimate as you would be if you were in person as far as, you know, asking questions or pulling a coach aside to talk for an extra 15 minutes after a meeting. Things like that is just FaceTime, it's Zoom, it's phone calls, things of that nature. But I definitely feel like um, with this Austin, this has been able to work out for me because I've been able to do my own type of uh, routine to get ready for the season. It's not always um, – on, on the time that we're doing because we do things as a team and I need things differently for myself. So um, this virtual season, I feel actually has helped me tremendously. You mentioned you talked to all of the protesters when you were out there. Was there a 
conversation that really resonated with you that, that you remember? And then a second part of that is what kind of race-related conversations have you recently had with your teammates, especially those who are not African-American? I don't think there was one thing that probably stood out, but just like just to hear the, the people talking about um, the racism they went through or the um, police injustice. I, I get pulled over sometimes and I, I'm scared because, you know, I, I get questioned and I get asked crazy things when I get pulled over and I made it sort of per se. But um, just listening to that and then meeting with, the, with my other teammates who aren't black, I mean, to have white coaches, to have, you know, other, other quarterbacks in the room who aren't my skin color. And um, I'm friends with all those people. And it's not necessarily because they're a different color than me. They understand that. But it's some people who um, don't understand the injustice. The teammates and white people in my, in my, in my football team, they all understand it. They're all um, appreciative about the unity that we need to, to be able to, to do as far as overcoming this whole this tragedy. But um, they, they've, they've been very open to any conversations that we try to have. And they're been willing to help so that's all you can ask for can, can you elaborate on some of those instances in which you've been pulled over like what has that ex experience been like for you i mean it's crazy it just you know you get pulled over and you ask are you selling drugs you have something in the car you need to worry about and you know play quarterback for a football team in the nfl you think that you wouldn't get asked those type of questions but it's just where we live in so there's, there's bad cops and good cops but you know i always talk from a young age to do what a cop asks you to do don't ever go back and forth with what he has to say, just get in and get it out just because you don't want anything to happen to you. So if anything is evident every day with the body cameras and the killings of people, it's just, you know, you never know when it's going to be your last breath. So you always got to be prepared for everything. Entering year two here in the NFL, new coaching staff, there's people out there that are saying this is a make or break year for Dwayne Haskins in Washington. Number one, is that fair? And number two, Maybe you put that pressure upon yourself to deliver in year two. I'm going to deliver. There's never a question about that. I don't even care about that stuff, honestly. But um, the biggest thing for me is to be prepared mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and that's what I've been doing. And I'm looking forward to um, being a great leader for the football team this year. Hey, Dwayne, you touched a little bit earlier on about kind of working with some of the guys that you had last year. Of course, all of you guys being in that freshman class together as rookies. Um, tell us a little bit about the growth that you have seen and, and maybe the advancement that you've had by having a little bit of extra time to build chemistry with them. And also, when we do see you working out with a player and throwing with somebody such as an Antonio Brown, is there something you can learn about being a quarterback by working with a veteran with his experience? Yeah, I mean, going to the young guys, um, Kelvin's in great shape. He's running like I've never seen him before. Steven looks great. And just I really don't I really don't even worry about them being in shape. It's more so just the communication. It's the on this route, I need the ball here, uh, this coverage, I need to uh, work this leverage. And um, it's just the small talks that you don't necessarily get all the time in a Zoom meeting that you get on the field with a shallow corner or skeleton seven on seven or three on three and just working the different looks that you can get in a game or in a training camp we don't have that right now because of this coronavirus. So being able to apply those situations to a workout um, helps tremendously. And then even with um, AB, Steph, um, Chad, a whole bunch of other NFL players, Devontae Parker, I work out a lot of receivers. They like to run routes with me. Uh, the biggest thing with those guys is just trying to be around the best, learning from the best, um, finding ways to get better. I mean, Chad Johnson put me on game. It's a lot of stuff that um, – I knew, but just to hear from his perspective, somebody who played, played with Carson Palmer, 
um, had success in the NFL, and um, we try to learn from those guys. So whenever I have an opportunity to be around uh, those type of NFL players who have produced, who are great guys on and off the field, um, I feel like it's a great opportunity for me, especially as somebody who's trying to learn from something. And you said you didn't mean for the weight to kind of fall off, but obviously something changed. Are you, are you, is your diet changed? Because a lot of people during Corona put on a few extra pounds on the other direction. Yeah, I just cut out a lot of toxic stuff in my life. So I feel really good right now. I lost a lot of weight. Um, I'm 218 right now. I started training this year, like 227, 228. So I'm just losing weight. And then before I even came to the Redskins, I was like almost 235, 237. So I just been dropping weight. You were speaking about some of your experiences with if it was the police and Black Lives Matter being at the protests. And one of the big things these days was making sure people listen. And you have all the media people here listening to you. You're going to have people who are going to be on, going to listen on television, on the radio. What kind of message would you like to put out there as far as how important this Black Lives Matter movement really is? I mean, it's very important, but I feel like with a lot of things in life, we talk about it for a minute and we let it go a couple minutes later. So, I mean, personally for me, it's been Black Lives Matter my whole life. It's been Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter my whole parents' life, their parents' life, and we just can't because there's a protest right now and it stops in two weeks to stop talking about it, stop working to put together a plan of action and bring unity to this country. I mean, that's all I, that's all I want. I just want to be able to feel as though we all care and uh, now I feel like everybody does. And in order, it shouldn't have to be somebody being killed for someone to stop racism, but that's just my perspective on that. And, um, you know, the biggest thing is just trying to stay united, especially with all this chaos going on. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you in person. All right, so that is Redskins quarterback Dwayne Haskins. Want to make sure you guys know that the Locked On Podcast Network, of course, stands against racism and social injustice. Want to make sure... Three, two, one. All right, so that is Redskins quarterback Dwayne Haskins. We thank him for his time. And again, Redskins.com and Tom Brock Plyman uh, from 1067 The Fan. The Locked On Podcast Network, of course, stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash Black Lives Matter. All right, a couple of things to wrap up the show here as we begin a new week on the Locked On Redskins podcast. So, um, one thing I wanted to mention is, and I didn't know about this, but Capitals head coach Todd Reardon, NHL, Washington Capitals team that I cover, mentioned on a conference call before I started recording this that he met up with Ron Rivera and Scott Brooks, the head coach of the Washington Wizards of the NBA, and Mike Tebow, the head coach of the defending champion Washington Mystics of the WNBA recently, uh, for a thing with NBC Sports Washington. Um, and they talked about, you know, health and safety protocols and how to, you know, kind of deal with players and situations and everybody's situation being different. And there is going to be an even bigger case of this when it comes to the NFL because of the size of the rosters. But Reardon mentioned, you know, that they got a chance to, you know, chit chat in addition to 
the on-camera special that they're doing with NBC Sports Washington, both before and after. And he really took a lot about that, uh, had a chance himself, he said, uh, to welcome Ron Rivera uh, to the area to make him feel welcome. So maybe you get, again, a little bit more of that symmetry that everybody uh, loves so much between the Nationals and the Capitals, right? I know Ron Rivera went to a Redskins, uh, went to a Capitals game and went to a Wizards game. The Capitals got blown out. I think that was the last home game, if memory serves me correct. Uh, but they got blown out, I remember, the night that he was there. Uh, so it kind of interesting that they got together uh, and had a little chat about leadership, about safety, about team, about everything. Uh, and uh, just thought I wanted to pass that along uh, to you. And then also this, Chase Young has won another award. I mean, maybe it doesn't mean all that much, right? But... Chase Young, no surprise, is the Big Ten Male Athlete of the Year. And he's only the second, surprisingly, Ohio State football player ever to win the award. Thanks to Brandon Gulick of All Buckeyes, who sent that along uh, to me. All Buckeyes is a, uh, I should say Buckeyes Now, should say that. Buckeyes Now on SI. Uh, that is part of SI.com. Uh, and all the coverage of the Ohio State Buckeyes. So make sure you check that out as well. And one last uh, finishing tidbit that we have uh, for you, uh, and we will hopefully be able to get this audio uh, because I did the interview, Doug Williams sat down with him uh, on Friday evening uh, for about 20 minutes, and he addressed a number of different issues and items. We are working on turning that around. We still have Terry McLaren and Ryan Kerrigan all to come, so we're trying to keep you busy and filled with as much Redskins content as we can. If you want to watch the video right now, if you want to listen to it uh, right now in advance, if you want to read some of our coverage about what he had to say about Colin Kaepernick and Dwayne Haskins and um, the Black Lives Matter movement and George Floyd and everything, you can go to redskinsreport.com. All right, that is going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Again, thanks for being with us. As always, I am your host, Chris Russell. Uh, as always, we invite you to check out Locked On Fantasy Football. Wherever you download the Locked On Redskins podcast, make sure you check out the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast as well available on all major pod, podcast acquisition platforms. And as well, don't forget to check out our daily Monday through Friday Google News Initiative one and five minute reports. The five minute reports are not usually five minutes, just as a matter of courtesy, uh, usually a couple of minutes uh, on different topics and all that good stuff. If you can't get enough uh, of from the podcast and about the Washington Redskins, you can check out the daily Google News Initiative reports. All right, that's going to do it for us once again. Thanks to Built Bar uh, and Rock Auto for their help. And make sure you go check out lockedonpodcasts.com slash Black Lives Matter. I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us. Adios.